Welcome to Hoof and Horn, a witch's podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, paganism, music, the occult, and whatever else we want. Welcome once again to the Hoof and Horn podcast. I am one of your hosts, T-Rex, and in this episode, Braxis and I take a small short break from our journey through the tarot to discuss pagan leadership, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't worry, we'll get back to talking tarot shortly. But until then, enjoy this very timely and always appropriate topic. This episode has music from Wendy Rule and Demonia Nymph.
down into ground I'm following a trail of winding scale I circle round, round I spiral down I'm ready now to start again, start again, start again, start again, start again, start again Start again, start again, start again, start again, start again, start again Water seeking serpent way to lower ground. I'll move like water seeking serpent way to lower ground. I'll move like water seeking serpent way to lower ground. Put it in your mouth and eat it. I'm gonna eat this entire cake while we do this whole thing. You want poop? You're about four inches by one inch in there. Would you like to see those? Uh, yeah. Cake with the chocolate icing. They used to call this devil's food, but now it says chocolate fudge on there. I don't even know why. Dude, that is probably the richest thing I've it's the most, ever eaten. Yes, it's the best chocolate cake ever. <laughs> Make sure you have, when like they a have it here, giant glass of almond milk next to you. Oh, you had to say milk. Mm, sorry. This is pretty good. Mm. I'm sorry, did you say something? Can you I tell said, us about your life? I'm sorry about the cake. With your mouthful. I was saying, they don't always have them here, and it's a problem for me. Because these are standard brand on the island of Long. And so when I see them in the Kroger, I make sure to buy one because it makes me happy. And comforted. How are you, Braxis? Comfort What's foods. What's going on? Uh, What's going on? I'm all right, man. In there. You did a cool thing the other day, didn't you? Living life. I don't know. Did Had I? to do with drums. Oh yeah, we got Playing to them. we got to play uh, play drums in a uh, in a church the other day. Definitely not church music, but still played there, and uh, it sounded really good. It was a lot of fun. It's being recorded, right? Good for times. Your, yeah, yeah. For, for the nursing homes. Oh yeah. Yep, so the videos will go out to, uh, I guess the church got a grant, and so they're spending it on, you know, kind of spreading music around the nursing homes and stuff in the area. So I played drums to that. It was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's about all that's new going on Mosh Way. Wonderful. How, how about yourself? teaching a Hakate class again uh, tomorrow and the next day we have Spring Equinox at our friend's place where we are making an intentional thought form spirit Ooh. to protect the deer from the 
hunting people, hunting grounds that are next door. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Our friend's daughter, how old is Rose? Seven? Well, maybe? I don't have any idea. Seven. Yeah, I think she's about seven. I'm going to say eight. Seven or eight. Um, she drew what the spirit is going to look like. And it's, it's awesome. pretty intense. So, we're going to do that. We're going to empower some jelly beans for seeds and growing things. I've always had a little bit of a weird relationship with the spring equinox. <coughs> um, it's kind of, you know, it's a cross-quarter that... It's not like super high energy, you know, it's not one of the greater Sabbaths, but um, it was always more of a family oriented. Uh, sometimes we wouldn't even open it up to the public in our group, it would just be uh, coveners and their families only because it is sort of kind of low key, you know, it's a low key Sabbath, so it's going to be fun. I feel you. Uh, I just want to say that I just ate a uh, <laughs> milk chocolate sea salt toffee truffle from private selection from private at your selections local and my god that was good i had a feeling you was gonna like those that was good good that was gucci <laughs> anyhow yeah sorry um what yeah, else other than that I'm what writing, else I, what else what I'm else telling you i'm writing a class. Uh, I was asked to teach a class on poisonous herbs, and so I started putting that together the other day. And uh, I'm under the uh, umbrella of it's one thing to know how to drive a car, it's another to know how the engine works. And so, to just sit around and talk about this herb is poisonous and this is its magical properties is not enough. That's being able to drive the car. Um, knowing why herbs are poisonous and what makes them poisonous is having a, a, a different level of skill. So I'm putting in together a bit of a botany lesson in the beginning of it. You know, because why is belladonna poisonous? Why is frog's breath poisonous? Why is frog's breath? Frog's poisonous? breath. Frog's breath. Bitter. <laughs> no one detects frog's breath. <laughs> Oh, I thought you liked frog's breath. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but, Unless but, you taste it, I won't swallow a spoonful. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, this all the gods, go I could night. do every line of that movie. And if you don't know, I'm so sorry for you, uh, but for The Nightmare Before Christmas, start to finish. See? Scrumptious. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that, I've been writing some new classes, and I have classes through, I think, June now, which is nutty. I just want to talk about Nightmare Before Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> do you? No. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, what the hell her other potion was. What was that? She had Deadly Nightshade. That's it. And um, there was three, I thought, right? Frog's Breath and... Frog's Breath. I don't know. I have to go look again. Better. You don't yeah. know? Don't Holy remember. crap. Deadly Got Nightshade. you on a question. Frog's Breath and something. Spider's Brew. I don't know. I don't remember. 
butt I just rope. remember the little where the garden where she got them. There was the little deadly nightshade. She took it from the garden. Uh, was the, there a little the sign that said it? Yeah, a little tombstone. See, I, I'm, I'm picturing shade. the bottles for some reason. Yeah, because she collects her. She wildcrafts her herbs yeah, and yeah. then she brings them back and then she uses them. Uh-huh. So they are labeled, which is going to be part of my magical herbalism class, which I'm teaching in April. That you gotta label your herbs. 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 Label them up. You gotta label because I'm gonna tell you, you're not gonna remember what it is. Even if you think I'm always been able to know that this is peppermint, you're not gonna. So label them. Herbicide. Anyway. I'm sorry. I keep yelling. I know you're. I'm loud. And proud. <laughs> cool. All right. So. uh... Our topic of the day. We have to actually come up with a title. We cannot use my working title. But we have to kind of come up with a title because um, I've just been watching some shenanigans that's been going on in the more wider, I guess you could say even, not really worldwide, but nationally um, lately after some events. And I'm not going to be naming names because that's not an energy that I want to drudge up into my life. Name dropper. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't name drop, really. Um, but there has been, like, shenanigans. And really, in a witchcraft and pagan communities, is there not... I mean, there's always something going on, right? Um, and it's made me think about different things that I've seen in um, my time as a practicing witch. Braxis <laughs> is moving around all my notebooks trying to act like he knows what's what's going on. I was just on. trying to help <laughs> you, but it's not because I just keep handing you the same yeah. thing. So it just made me think about the different things that I've seen or experienced and stuff. And I think it can be really helpful for whether you're newer on the path or wanting to work with a group. How do you find a group? How do you find a group that is not abusive and problematic and predatory what makes a good teacher what makes a poor teacher um, what is acceptable from a teacher what is not acceptable from a teacher also you know talking about my theory of you know love and trust and what that means all acts of love and pleasure which comes from you know a more Wiccan kind of read and how that can be abused. And then, you know, the biggest, baddest witch in town syndrome, which is a thing that I see a lot. And what I think is beneath that. So, you know, the only group that you ever really have worked with, Braxis, has been, has been ours. But I think even in the last eight years in the pagan community, you've probably seen a little bit of drama yeah man i mean it, i mean usually it just stems from people's egos but i mean that's just people uh i don't think that i i'm not saying that you think that i'm just no, saying I that don't. it's it's not because it's a pagan community it's just because it's a community of people mm-hmm. i mean and some people are dickheads regardless of what they <laughs> believe they're gonna do after they die or or yeah. you know who they're talking to in their heads just some people are assholes and then you just gotta you know, kind of deal with that, but um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is is mainly ego. That is probably the number one thing I would say. Yeah, 
And definitely, we're going to definitely talk about, you know, that comes out of Jungian psychology and how does that play into magical practice. And I'm definitely going to get to that topic of ego because you're right, you are right. It does come down to your ego. And how do you kind of bypass that or how do you prepare for that? I know that kind of sounds a little bit, um, what the hell is she talking about? Bypass your ego, but... Um, Crucify your ego before Crucify it's far too late. Yeah. yeah. I I would say from my own experience about that is being at festivals and you know at a class or something and seeing new people there who just came to see what paganism was about. You know what I mean? And usually they come from a background of Christianity, and not often, but I have seen it is somebody with an ego. Uh, it's just the way they said the things. Everything they said was totally true and made sense and all that stuff, but it's the way they talked to them that kind of put them off. And if it if he had, if they had just delivered that same speech without right. any ego in it, I think yeah. I think he could have you know connected some dots for some of those yeah. kids. But so my first experience in the pagan community, I I read and I probably talked about this in our getting to know you or us. Our first episode, you know. Getting to know, getting to know about you. Oh, now he's going to serenade us. Is that a commercial? Unfortunately, Maybe. I think I just spouted out some sort of <laughs> lingo from a fucking commercial. Stop yelling. Sorry. Um, I read for about a year on my own, and then I realized, like, I need some help, and I want to learn from someone else. Um, we're also going to talk about... This generation of um, witches and pagans that are sort of coming up, and I want to say that these are my opinions, and I'm not completely against the social media um, Aspect. witch talk, you know, witches of Instagram. Instagram, I'm not. I'm really not. Um, but I some of that is practiced for over 20 years. I have some thoughts about it. But for me, in 1999, there really wasn't much of a, I mean, there was. She needed to have a computer and be online and know where to go. And maybe there was a MySpace? I don't even know. Did we have MySpace in 1999? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe we did. But um, I know we definitely had Witchbox because that's how I found my first coven. And Witchbox was a website that just closed down in the last year or two where it was worldwide. You would go basically to your country, down to your state, down to your town, and you could find listings of shops and individuals and people who would do hand fastings and baby blessings and adult covens and family covens and military covens. It was a, an amazing resource for its time. And I kind of miss it, you know, like events would be posted on there and all sorts of things. But now that we have things like Facebook and Instagram and I don't really know much like if TikTok would be of the service, but it sort of kind of became it's it's time is done. And so they kind of took it down and there is a Facebook page for it, but the website is gone. But I found my first uh comment that was not too far away from where I lived and I went one night to meet the high priestess and you can't see me, y'all, but I am finger quoting. And I'm also finger quoting the high priest. And that started me on my path. But I was brand new and I did not have 
anyone around me to tell me what was appropriate, what wasn't, what were like what expectations I should have, where the boundaries were. And so I pretty much learned by experience in this very, very abusive situation. Um, I will say that this high priestess crowned herself. And by that, I mean she gave herself that title. How old were you when this was going on? Um, 24, 25. So I didn't realize that that was something that you really don't do. Um, no one can tell anyone else that they are a witch. That is a title you claim for yourself. You crown yourself a witch, you crown yourself an occultist, a mystic, a pagan, whatever, right? That is between you and you. Um, and I really don't think that anybody can have anything to say to you if you call yourself a priest or a priestess. Because then that's between you and your spirits and your gods. But if you, you know, this, this particular woman when I asked about like, so how'd you, you know, what's your path and how'd you get into this? And she told me that she thought she was well read enough and asked her friends who were initiated gardenarians, third degree, some questions. She felt that she knew pretty much everything that they did. And so she was a high priestess and I, I didn't know any better. I, okay. Right. Is this the same chick that uh, smoked during rituals? Yes. Yeah. We had full moon rituals around the dining room table in which she had a coffee and a cigarette because the goddess said she could. <laughs> and we would sit there at the table and write our little paper slips out and maybe burn them. Um, in that year that I was there, we might have did a meditation and as a group one time. One time. Wow. But they, there was a lot of the time was spent working on her business or uh -huh. being there. Yeah, so I'm not gonna say, you know, the, the novices coven that we started in New York City, when we first started, it was 24 of us. You have 24 people in an apartment, you do not leave that apartment a disaster for the person that opened up their home to you, right? So yeah, there, you gotta make sure that everybody cleans up and make sure that you put the dishes away and wash those plates and rearrange the furniture back to the way it was. Like that is normal expected. There is ritual etiquette and it's just good etiquette, right? But for us to have a schedule of when each of us was gonna be there to help her with her then eBay business of posting stuff that she purchased from Azure Green for no pay because she's teaching us so therefore we have to work on her business. Oh. There was a lot, we're crossing a line there. You know, doing yard work, we're crossing a line there. Detailing your boat, we're crossing a line there. And the verbal and emotional abuse is there. The one time that I've ever been inappropriately touched was in that coven by another woman. And this particular high priestess thought it was funny. No one should have been grabbing at my boobs and chasing me around the pool if I wasn't comfortable with it. But I didn't know that this was even unacceptable there, you know? So it was a really inappropriate thing. 
And the day that I realized that I, when I said to myself that I hated her, I knew that I couldn't step in another circle with her again. Because while I think that the um, ethic of perfect love and perfect trust is a stretch, because I don't know that we can perfectly love everyone that we know, or perfectly trust everyone that we know, we should at least be able to love and trust the people that we practice magic with. And once I admitted it to myself, after a year of abuse and oftentimes being screamed at or, or knowing that we're going to talk about my coveners life problems and everybody knows it at the next coven meeting except the covener that we're going to be talking about. Oh man. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. I should also not have known anything about the high priestess and the high priest's sex life and their sex problems. I am not <laughs> at 25 years old. I am not like a licensed marriage counselor and a sex therapist. So why are you telling me these things? This is so inappropriate. So there were so many lines crossed and because I was so new and didn't know that these things were abusive for a witchcraft coven, I stayed there for a year and took a lot of abuse and damage from it. But it wasn't a waste of my time, I don't think, because... Well, now you know it, what not to look for. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I know what What's a high that? priestess isn't. You're such an inspiration for yeah. the ways I'll never ever choose to be. Exactly. Thank you, Maynard James Keenan. Right? Mm -hmm. And I, and there is something to say that you you snatch a crown and you snatch a title for whatever egotistical reason that you decide you're gonna give yourself that title. I think you really need to be prepared for the weight of that crown. Because I will tell you as an ordained high priestess, it is not easy. And there's times when I've thought to myself, this is not why I did this. And was this a mistake? Um, but yet I have the support around me and the training to fall back on. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if we would like necessarily, I mean, yeah, I could say elders and a structure that helps through that process. And without that, it would be even that much more difficult, I think. So if someone is kind of putting themselves out there in an authoritative role, um, it's okay to ask their path too. And I still laugh and sometimes I hear like the, we don't hear it too much more any, anymore. Like it was real big in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. Like my great grandmother or my grandma t taught me, my grandma initiated me was always like a big thing, but I'm 27 generations in. Yeah. You know, you're not <laughs> sorry. You know, my great grandmother might've worked with herbs and, you know, was known as a healer as well as her mother. But those were Catholic ladies, you know, they weren't, they might have had their own kind of folk magic, but they weren't witches, and I can't claim anything from my great-grandma, you know, other than remembering that she was kind of a badass. My mom's mom's mom was born with a veil over her face. Your mom's? Skin. Mom's mom. So my your great-great-no, great, my great-great-grandmother, right? No. My mom's mom would be my grandmother yeah so your great grandmother great okay one time there yeah. you go great yeah anyways she's born in the call 
Yeah, they used to call that uh, when they were born with that skin over their face. They thought that they were somehow, yeah, you know, marked as. Uh, they could see through the veil, so it looks like a veil. Clairvoyance. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like being able to see through the veil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, and she did. She read palms and, and read tarot's and stuff like that, keep them alive during the Great Depression. There you go. I did not know that. Oh yeah. Well. You never told me that. I didn't. No. Mm-hmm. Well. Learn something new every day, kids. Oh, yeah, and she was, uh, my mom's mom told me stories about when she was a little girl, and she, her mom would have customers over, and she would hide underneath the table, or sit under the table, and play her own, you know, cards and stuff, and then her Your mom, grandmother would do this, or yes, your mom? Yes, no, my, no, my, grandmother. my grandmother. Okay. And, uh, so her mom and some customer up there doing their thing, and she would often tell her to tell them when she saw all four legs of the table come off the ground. Now, I don't know if that was, you know, some trick they played on her or uh-huh. not, but I just thought it was interesting. It's cool that my uh-huh. grandmother remembered that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think our families have different magical things that run through them, but it was just, it's it's rare that your grandmother initiated you into Wicca. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know what I mean? They probably did it. Um, <laughs> What do you think about that, Zoe? You got something to say, Zoe? Oh, ow. And there's also, you know, your your predators in communities. You know, which every community is going to, unfortunately, have experience with a predator. Mm. You know? Um, is it like luring you in and then you've got to have sex with them to yeah. get initiated or some yeah. shit? There was a guy, I don't remember his name, but back in my Long Island community that we were often hearing from women that were working with him that it would become a, you know, to go to the next step, you had to have sex with him. And no. it's the initiations are passed through, you know, his penis. Gruesome. And it's not, you know, you, if you start to work with a group, and there are very, very few that have um, a third degree or whatever degrees that they have that in, that include ritual sex or the great rite with a the priest or the priestess that should not be something that you find out later on down the road right if a group has that as a requirement everybody should know that yeah, from the get-go in. yeah i'm not against people doing such I mean, things if you're consenting you adult, be adults but and, and you know there it. should also be um an alternative you know, because that's not what you want to uh, do. If you're a, a married man, but your wife isn't involved in this, and you're t- now you have to go have sex with the high priest to the high priestess, what do you? That's something you find out after you've done all of that work. And and while in our ordinations there is part of that ritual that is symbolic, it's more of almost like an umbilical cord to your initiator you know what i mean it doesn't have to do with um physical great right you know a literal great right is not a part of it um i think that it falls under my topic of uh what did i call this uh abusing the all acts of love and pleasure quote so you know the that charge of the goddess written by doreen valiente in the 1940s maybe 50s you know, all acts of love and pleasure are my rituals, being, uh, meaning the goddess being my rituals. And I think that uh, that, again, is a lovely 
uh, quote, an idea, but a predator can manipulate that. So you don't need to have sex with someone to learn magic. And anyone that's telling you that is an abuser. Agreed. Well, your body is already sacred. Yeah, nobody else's penis or vagina makes your body sacred. Makes your body a temple, you know? It's just, it's not... That ain't how it goes, kids. And although there is sex magic, not all magic is sex magic, right? No, no, not at all. <clears throat> I mean, if you look at the eight... When I originally did that one class, you would come to it. I remember you asking me if you were... What, was it the library? At the library. Yeah, and I called it the eight uh, paths to raising energy or something like that. It was a... Because I wanted to see who was going to show up to Eight it. PowerPoint. <laughs> I didn't have a PowerPoint. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love a PowerPoint. Well, I did not have a PowerPoint for that, sir. Um, <laughs> I called it eight paths to raising energy or something instead of eight paths of magic. Because I wanted to see who was going to come out to something like that. If I pull out the word magic, mm. um, and there are eight different ways of raising energy, right, that you can then use for magic, and one of them may be sexual intercourse, but, you know, at the spring equinox on Saturday, nobody going to be doing that, but we can still raise energy with chant and drums and uh, drums. dance or... You know, I'm not going to be tying anybody up and flogging them, but that's that's a way to do it too. So we can use incense, we can use wine. If you carry the medicine for quote-unquote drug use, right? If you carry the medicine of peyote or like in South America, ayahuasca, that is a way of raising energy and moving that into magic. But I don't carry that medicine, so in my rituals we're not using that. Because there's other ways to kind of do that. So you don't have to utilize having intercourse with your high priestess or high priest because that's the only way that you're going to get initiated that's abusive um i was looking around online you know and kind of compiling this list and one of the things mentioned was you know being cautious especially for young people being cautious if someone who is much much older than you is taking an unusual amount of interest in you um, and it can be sort of like, oh my goodness, big name pagan, insert that name, is talking to me a lot and at my campsite. And you can get a little starstruck from that. But there's kind, of, there's a line there. And if there's ever anything that's kind of making you uncomfortable, um, you gotta, you know, feel that you can voice that and have people around you that you can. Um, can you get this dog off of my shoulder? I love you, Zoe, but I am not a two-headed creature. Sorry, everybody, but I couldn't take it anymore. Um, I think that when we go to, have gone to rituals, watching out for other people has been a thing. I think less less so when you know we've gone to Starwood or wherever together, but I know in the past it's sort of like knowing where the younger women were and knowing where the kids were, because in a kind of community that doesn't have the same maybe kind of hang-ups about uh, the body or nakedness, 
a woman's naked body, a man's naked body, a person's naked body at a festival that allows for a sky clad, meaning not having clothes on, isn't an invitation for um, non-consensual touching or an invitation that, you know, some because she doesn't have her shirt on, she's up for sex with anybody. Um, and I remember somebody coming over to me to make sure that I was okay um, in a situation like that. And so I think that's important to, you know, if you're at a festival, knowing where those young people are and, and just watching in a, in, a, in a helpful way. You know, trust your instincts. If you're uncomfortable, you gotta say something. And if you're told that, you know, let's keep this a secret, you get out of there. And there's nothing wrong with just fucking walking away no yeah. matter how long you've been there, yeah. how many and years you put in. Exactly. And you're, you know, if you say, I'm uncomfortable, the response from that person should be an apology. They should stop what they're doing immediately and pretty much leave, right? But if it's, you know, arguing with you or shaming you or trying to blame you, getting you to agree with them, or just simply not stopping, um, that, that's not the way that we go about it. Then you go to the, you know, the nearest, <laughs> I want to say like, go to the nearest grown-up, mm -hmm. but you go to the nearest organizer or whatever festival that you're at, or whatever event that you're at, and you, know, you alert somebody to what's going on. Because people have been removed from larger pagan communities for really horrible, Crimes. Crimes against humanity, man. Yeah, I mean, if you're a child pornographer, you're gonna get found out. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. What are you looking at? Uh, this this right here. That. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's okay. have a song. All right.
social media world or as people presenting themselves as like you know the biggest baddest witch out there and I and I think that you know I'm not gonna say I haven't posted like witches are awesome try to fuck with me <laughs> I mean that's cool that's fine but I feel like when you've constantly got to put yourself out there as this tough bitch that no one can fuck with you know when I see that about people, I have to question their, what's really going on? You know, like deep down, what's really going on? And I see that maybe that person might be actually quite insecure um, and have a, maybe even a low self-esteem. Uh, well, this goes without it being witchy or whatever, but I think there is a, a mad chase for likes and followers and yeah it's really more about that than the actual uh magic that they're trying to do i, I would say yeah it's uh you know i i realized that well people are surprised at how old i am um i, I mean i don't I'm, i put it out i'm 47 years old okay so I'm not the generation that grows up having the internet and having like texting my friends in class. We were writing notes, okay? Literally on a piece of paper that you could potentially lose and that could get you in trouble. <laughs> um, but there was no like online social media culture when I was a kid, when I was even, you know, 25 really, starting out in witchcraft and this push. I mean, I felt it the other day, like, oh my gosh, if we don't have a TikTok page, we're behind the times and are going to suffer for it. I, I don't, we do this podcast for fun, you know, and if people listen to it here and there, great. But am I going to spend my time constantly on, with my phone in my hand to get that, you know, Two million followers on TikTok, Facebook. I, I can't. Remind, I can't. It reminds me of, uh, and I'm not saying that I don't have a phone in my pocket right now, but uh, well, we have to. Right, the video of a perfect circle, uh, the disillusioned, uh, where mm -hmm. everybody's just like paying attention to nothing. Time They're like to in comas. Put the silicone obsession down. Yeah, that one. Indeed, that's a good video. But yeah, it just reminds me of that, and I know that. I mean, technology is not good or bad. It's just really how we use it. It ends up just being how we're doing it, and I don't know if we're doing that great of a job of it. 
and I don't really know what to do to fix it. Yeah. Uh, so I should probably just shut my mouth. No, but. I mean, we have to be very <laughs> conscious. I mean, watching that, what was it called? The social experiment? Mm-hmm, yeah, You know, yeah. we watched that. Yeah, we have to be conscious. And I, I, maybe because I am not, I did not grow up with a cell phone in my hand, that making a stupid TikTok video for our podcast takes me a lot longer than it's going to take a 20-year-old, right? That's uh, probably point, very true. Or a 12-year-old. My kid, I should probably give my kids the job, but mm. you know, they're not going to do that for me. But I'm sure it takes them a lot less than it might take me to kind of to do that. Um, but I also wonder if there is then a focus into that silicone obsession. And are we getting out into nature? And are we spending time on our perfect on our personal practice? And are we attending to our spirits and attending to our gods if you work with them? And attending to your magic, or is this mostly this performativeness taking up that time? Uh, again, if this is a question, and I'm not it's not an accusation. It's a question because I know how busy I am and and that is juggling kids and clients and a magical practice and you know a community and I'm at my own now I got to do I, I kind of had a heart attack I was like now we need to have a fucking TikTok? Oh my god. It's enough for me to have Facebook and Instagram, but now we have to have TikTok. For about 6 months until it's something else you got. Uh, yeah. And then I have to learn something else and I don't have time. Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but again, maybe because I'm old. I don't know. I also think that, you know, when somebody is an egomaniac, here's the Jungian psychology that comes up as an into your magical practice. And I think that we saw this greatly in the coven that we ran. And as it was sort of getting crazy, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing wrong? It wasn't what am I doing wrong? It was that we were doing things right but how people were responding to the magic that we were doing was where it was getting a little crazy and so you can imagine the, the magical practitioner and we know that there is a shadow and then there's an id right yourself your shadow self your underworld right your personal basement where you put your your things you you don't you know you pick your nose and you eat it while you're driving. You oh, don't tell everybody right, right. that, right? Like, <laughs> let's say that you do that. Or, like, the things you don't like about yourself. Your flaws. The things that we repress. Right? That's in our shadow. You have your bright shadow. Um, you really loved to dance when you were little, but then someone Daddy told you said that you no. sucked at it. Your or, dancing ain't good at all. Well, whatever. That goes to, like, you suppress a positive thing. That goes to your bright shadow. So there's the whole idea of accessing your bright shadow and pulling up that dancer or that artist or that musician who liked to sing and integrating that into your id, right? Your conscious self. And proving pops wrong. Yeah, yeah. Go down the basement and dust off the fact that you loved G.I. Joe and you want to make like replicas. But you were told like don't do that. That's a waste of time. You're not going to make any money at it. And then we repress that and we push that into the bright shadow. So your shadow has like negative stuff in it and your shadow has good stuff in it. And then you start to practice magic. And everybody gets into magic because they want to change their situations. Nothing wrong with that, right? You want a better job. You're looking for a date. 
that's going to become like the love of your life. You need more money. Nothing is wrong with that. However, the first thing that magic changes is the self. And so how that happens is it's like a propeller. I'm like a boat propeller, right? We start that boat engine up and the propeller starts to spin and it kicks up the sediment of the bottom of the lake and it kicks up everything in your shadow. And so then here, those things have to surface and they come up and they look you in the face. And I named mine, right? I named mine, you know her name, the evil Tamara. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I haven't really seen her. No, because I have worked really hard with the evil Tamara, right? Mm. If I chose as the being really loud, snappy mouth, getting angry real fast, those are the things that are in my shadow, right? I just said them out loud. Mm. I know that about myself. And so I have to heal and integrate that. If I deny it, it can't go back to my shadow. Well, if you did it not, go, you, there's no struggle involved then, right? Between, no, there's no struggle involved, and a healing process might not be easy, but it, this negative thing about me can't settle back down. Once it's out of that shadow, it's out, and it either needs to be healed, or it goes to your ego. And you can watch that happen to people. I've watched it happen multiple times. You you get very, like, then you can project to, to, your, to your priest or your priestess, right? I've experienced people to do that. They kick things up out of their shadow. Then they start to struggle. We're not healing and integrating it. So then we point blame outside of ourselves and it goes right up to your ego. And now here comes the biggest, baddest witch. Um, tough shit. Here, right? It grows and grows. The ego continues and continues to grow. I think until your head pops. And I've watched it happen to people. And without assistance and training and support and knowledge you can become your own you know witchcraft roadkill and it's unfortunate it's a lot of drama <laughs> i don't like drama nobody likes drama really well some people love drama yeah i misspoke <laughs> <laughs> you Hightail it out of there like the Sagittarius like, you are like from any kind of drama. Either. And I love that about you, if, right? If there's, I mean, any inclination that this event or this practice or this person, you know, if I get a whiff of, that's that's not cool, I'm not down with that, or I, I can't. That's not church. That's not church, exactly. <laughs> then I am, I'm done. I mean, it's not, I'm not going to, uh, you know diss them or, or badmouth them but I just know from that moment on I need to have nothing to do with you after this interaction I don't even need to tell you that you know what I mean I just I'm I don't need to you know just is what it is but dad's out dad's out with the drama <laughs> man well some people you know I feel like we all know that there oh, are people in our lives that thrive on that and okay but I feel like I look I wrote on my list don't you have any magic to do? Like beneficial, healing, level in the playing field. We got real actual problems in the world and witches or magicians are needed. So Agreed. don't we have anything to actually do that matters? 
I do. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the time for the witch wars. I was reading like the history of different witch wars, and they're not. They're not anything new. You know, I think they, one of the first ones written about. Uh, you know, was back right after Gerald Gardner died, mm. which you're talking about like 1965. You know, and so people do thrive on drama, and it brings them attention. And what's my opinion? And now, like back then, you had to get out your typewriter. You had to type it all out. You had to put it in an envelope and put a stamp on it and mail it off to the pagan magazine. And then maybe in a month from now, that thing's going to get printed, and other people are going to read it, and then they're going to have a response. And they're going to get out their typewriter, right? Now? Oh, my God. Instant. There's no, let me think about this for a minute. Mm-hmm. You're going to take that little acronym there, right? But in any, in any community, because we have these little computers in our hands, it is drama central. And if people just took a second, sit with how you feel, look at how much less arguing and drama and fighting you'd have. And maybe people would be out there doing more freaking magic. And you know what I do? A what do you do? Times. You type it out and erase it? I type it out <laughs> I know and erase it. I, know. I type it all the way out, no matter how long it takes. Well. And then I go, okay. That's therapeutic, uh, though. So, yeah. And a lot of times I type it out and then I erase it and I go, unfriend, you know, or, yeah. or not accept from this friend, whatever. Because you're an adult, you know? Like, yeah, it just seems a lot easier than arguing with somebody about something that really doesn't even, you know, yeah. shouldn't even be a stink. No, I mean, I, I know there are arguments worth having for sure, but... Oh, there are definitely arguments worth having. You know, when we're talking about like a marginalized community or uh, white systemic, uh, white supremacy in magical group, like there are hills to die on, mm-hmm. but there are also hills that are not worth dying on at all. Why don't you hit up my acronym there? Your acronym here is THINK. Mm-hmm. THINK. I gave this to the coven once. Isn't that in a song? Before you stop. No. Mm. Is in that respect? The name of love. R-E-C-P-T. That, <laughs> I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> Sorry, Aretha. Uh, don't roll in your grave. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Alright, so the T for, uh, I guess this is a question you would ask yourself. Huh? Yeah, is uh, it true? T is, is it true? So what the thing that you just read on on the on the book of faces or the Snapchat you got? Right. 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 Is this thing that you are about to say or that you just heard? Is it true? Yeah, it takes like five seconds to go check to some other source about it. Or maybe. like research. And then. Is and the then thing you're about to say? Yes. Is it helpful in any way? This is the H, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm putting anything into my mouth. Oh wow. Is it helpful? I mean, is it going to help anybody or isn't it? Is it going to be helpful? Is it going to be hurtful? I don't know. I mean, is it inspiring? I I think about that sometimes. Like, what's my last Facebook post of the day? Mm. Is my last Facebook post of the day going to be my last Facebook post? Ever. If I go get hit by a truck? (laughs) And is that... A funny one, an inspiring one, or look at this awesome article, or was I bitching about something? <laughs> right? It's I you. really don't want my last Facebook post to be like a, a picture of I a I want to punch this Nazi in the face. I mean, that would be a way to go out too, but what were you going to say? 
a picture of a dropped cupcake on your toilet seat? Who eats cupcakes in a toilet? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't want that to be your last one if you died. You're an idiot. Did we question you for the rest of your life? Oh, you're already dead. Never mind. Okay, so in, is it necessary? Yeah, is, is you jumping into the fray right now? When you're watching people argue on Facebook. Yes. Or, yeah, I feel that one, man, for sure. Like, is what I'm about to say going to be any different from what this dude already said? And I see that he responded to, and they haven't really changed their minds on... Yeah, I mean, I don't know of any Facebook posts that actually changed anybody's mind mm -hmm. about anything. But right. just makes you feel better about your own position, I guess. And, and I'm guilty of it, too, I mean, to some degree. So I'm not trying to say I'm not... Uh, the final T-H-I-N-K, is it kind? Is it and kinder? that's one that I think like it can definitely take the wind out of your sails there. You know, if you're like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's, this is totally going to be helpful. Oh, I'm going to inspire the shit out of somebody. Is it necessary? <laughs> Fuck yes, it's necessary. Is it kind? It's kind of like, ooh. Right? And some people don't give a shit to be kind no and then i gotta go back to what's going on with your ego and your biggest baddest witch in town so you, you know face you're putting out there and that the fact that you want to be mean like it's a whole other topic going on there so this is something that i find helpful for me i think if a lot more people adopted the think acronym look it up online google it Some people just thing grumpy some people are just grumpy. And Grumps some people are sad and want, you know, misery enjoys company. Mm. But I, I don't, we're not really talking about necessarily miserable people. No. But more dramatic egomaniacs. So with all those nasty things that we just discussed, I also made a list of signs of a good pagan community this leaders. This is like a... Uh... And it may not even, it's not an exhaustive list in any way, but... Compliment sandwich. Yeah. Only no you could read my them. list and we can talk about them. Okay. Uh, let's see. Have a history of study, learning, and training. Uh, they experience. should have some experience in what is going down, right? Yeah, because it is. if you're putting yourself out there as a as a authority or leadership... Clergy. And, and I'm not going to say that somebody always starts something, right? So... We could sit here and decide that we want to start a tradition mm -hmm. and work out the structure of that tradition and what the holidays mean and the moons and the and the the structure of a practice and then start a brand new coven and people join it and then they get initiated into that tradition. Who initiated us? Nobody, right? Mm -hmm. So there are situations where you know, the priest and the priestess of a group are, they didn't even get that initiation because they had to start, but they probably had some learning, study, and experience before that. Because the job of being a community leader, being a coven leader, being a group leader is not easy. And if you've got that body of knowledge and experience behind you, it's gonna pay off, not only for you, but the people that are coming to you to learn something. Uh, they should always be fair. Ensuring that all people in their groups are treated equally and fairly. You can't read my handwriting. Not really, but that's okay. 
<laughs> you did good. Thank you. Uh, I sounded like I was six years old and it was my no, C spot. Ruh, 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 No, it's because I wrote ran. it out. I literally, I used a pen. Could you imagine? I got Using a, a pen? notebook and you I did. used a pen. I didn't type this out. Great, great. My handwriting has suffered because of how much you type, you know, as uh -huh. opposed to right now. I used to have prettier handwriting than I do, but it's because we don't freaking use pens. Anyway, I think that's a given. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or yeah, it's definitely arthritis. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about myself. I was throwing a one-word answer out for, for myself there on that subject. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, that is a given. People should be fair. Yeah, and I, and I think in a group that kind of, not kind of, but excludes, you know, another type of any type of person for their background or right yeah so uh, one example is the Dionysus no 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 uh, Dianic yes where no men can show up right and I'm sure there's ones where no women can sure. show up and yeah. I think that's a terrible thing because it's totally unbalanced that way it is but if they put it out there that that's their tradition uh, you know okay I think that there are situations where, where women deserve to be in space by themselves and men can be in spaces by themselves, especially, you know, the Minoan Brotherhood is uh, for gay men, and I think that that can be really good. Um, the Where I draw issue, me, personally, with a Dianic group or any kind of group that is checking under someone's skirt or in their pants. That you know, what is go. your what you know? The idea of um, women born women are only allowed in your circle. Uh, men born men, you know what I mean? Like like the cis and trans. So I ain't got time for any of that shit. Your gender is what you tell me it is, and if I was running a Diana group, I'm not going to say sorry. You weren't born with um, a vagina and a uterus, so therefore you're not a woman, you're not allowed in my group. I know that these things exist. I don't want anything to do with them. So, Word. Know, same thing with, you uh, know, pagans of color. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. You, that's not going to fly in my group uh, as well. They're, no matter what color or uh, gender identity or sexuality you have, I feel like... Uh, the past of, of Wiccan witchcraft, and I say this as a initiated, uh, an ordained Wiccan priestess, even though Wicca is not really exactly what we do, um, the heteroness of it has been something that all of our covens have worked to change. You know, in the past, like the, you know, you pick up a book from the 70s or early 80s about Wicca, it's very penisy and vagina-y, and that's not exactly the re reflection of the wider pagan community. So, and I'm not—that's just my personal opinion. Of yeah, you can have group. this. Is everyone's right. allowed their, per, their right. opinion? That's what I'm saying. You know, our coven had men and women in it, and so I like my witchcraft balanced with masculine and feminine energy. So I get it. That's how I sort of I want to practice too. 
So number three is they speak up with, oh, uh, they speak up when without. Oh, w slash o means without. Oh well, I can't. They speak up without what it was. unnecessary cruelty. That is, you know, being shouted at, fuck you, at a Yule ritual literally happened. That's to bad. Us. You know what I mean? That was not necessary for her to scream and yell at us for husbands in the room to turn on the game on a holiday and just want to check a football score. Right. We weren't in the middle of ritual. People were just eating. You know what I mean? So you, the way that you speak to people, especially when you are a leader and have been given a title or have taken on a title for your personal group, matters because you can hurt people even that much more because of the position that they have put you in and you have accepted. It says they speak honestly without uh, distortion of the truth for their own ends or the ends of other parties they know to be in the wrong. They spend equal time listening to others and don't seek to always center their own voices. You know, um, while our covens and our families of groups weren't necessarily hierarchical, there wasn't degree systems, and it was always giving everyone a voice and, and a say, at the end of the day, the person or people leading that group are the ones that have to make that final decision. And it's impossible to make everybody happy all of the time, but working towards everybody feeling happy and comfortable with their magical group is important and you have to be able to listen and um, be patient I think with people uh, <laughs> I am kind of laughing though because both times that our coven got named neither one of us liked it right well, I was just and about we, to say that were you <laughs> that's so funny you yeah, say democracy that. always doesn't work for your own personal interest but yeah it is the if fair i way. could go back we'd have been like yeah nah. <laughs> uh they accept suggestions for improvement without lashing back i put down there the no whining policy so our groups have a no whining policy if you have a problem with something that's happening or the way something's being done we would always require that if you're going to come to the group leader priestess, priest, priest and priestess, with that problem, you need to also have a potential solution. And if you haven't come with a potential solution, then it's classified as whining and there's no room for whining. So, you know, for instance, ridiculous things like, there was no, I'm a vegan and there was nothing for me to eat after the ritual. That's whining. Maybe you should have brought something or told somebody, right? So it's a very, that's a really silly kind of thing. And it's not, I have a problem with the way that we're casting circle or something, you know. So anytime you're, you're complaining or, or you're being brought, like you have to bring a suggestion, you have to bring it with. You got to bring a sandwich. What? <laughs> One piece of bread is the problem and the other piece of bread is the solution. Oh, and right okay. in the middle is them okay got it i guess uh and then they show respect for others no matter their path beliefs and, and gods. gods 
if they deserve to be called out, that's, that's another, another issue. Is it issue or issue? Sorry, I'm going to say it's issue. Sure. I mean, remember when we put together our tenants of belief? Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to talk the about that. The read? When we met, when we went to the, to the retreat. Yeah. And we made up all the things The tenets of, of... I was like 10 of them or 9 yeah. of them or something. And some of them I, were... I do not remember what they were. Well, I'm not telling you to, to rattle them off right oh, okay. here off the top Good, of your head. But that was part of what we just talked about. Everybody had, you know, everybody had accepting different truths. Like, everybody had a different truth. The way that you practice might be different than the way that I practice, but we can still be in a coven together and we can still be part of this wider family tradition mm -hmm. and acknowledge each other's differences. But when you, you know, when you are an issue, you have to call those issues out. I do remember everybody. You can't does. let that continue. Uh, number six, they can be of assistance when needed. But don't force their thoughts, ethnics, traditions. Not ethnics, ethics. Ethics. <laughs> I don't know why I'm reading this if I can't read you right. Um, they can be of assistance when needed, but don't force their thoughts, ethics, traditions onto others. That seems fair. Seven. They seek to have their students become better witches, druids, pagans, occultists, and or sorcerers than they are. My first high priestess would not allow me to read certain books, claiming I wasn't ready. And really what I figured out, it was because she hadn't read that book or she didn't have that skill. And anyone that's ever studied with me, I would, would have wanted them to outperform me, right? Be a better witch than me. Because it's not about me keeping my minions, right? Me limiting the practices or the abilities of my group. And if you're stifling people's learning, then again, that comes to someone's insecurities and control issue. And that isn't appropriate. They lift their students up instead of limiting them or holding them back unnecessarily. It should be a given that they are trustworthy and responsible. And while none of us have perfect lives, um, you know, the state that your house, quote unquote, is in, your life is in, should be somewhat reputable, stable. Um, should be a reflection of yeah. what you are on the inside. Yeah, because if your life is chaos, how can you do this job? really need to focus then on your own life. Um, they lead by doing and not so much talking. I don't, I think that if you're a badass witch, you don't need to say it. You know? It's like people who have to post and about how much sex they have. I'm thinking you're probably not getting too much if you're talking about it all the time. People that are don't really need to talk about it. What's your face for? Uh, I was gonna say something. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a space there. Uh, a lion doesn't have to tell you it's a lion. Yes, you've said that to me, and it's true. I think actions speak louder than words. Your work speaks louder than, you know, your posts or 
social media presentation. Um, a lion doesn't have to tell you they're a lion. I like that. And finally, I just made it a number 10. I'm sure that other people would have even more things to say, but they improve their surroundings instead of creating drama, pain, and controversy. That seems like a good uh, Yeah, like, I think that I could name a bunch of well-known pagan leaders who can check off all of those things, and that's the reason why they are sustainable and have created the communities around them that they have. Uh, Selena Fox, I'm thinking about, Circle Sanctuary. Christopher Penzak up in Massachusetts, or I think that might be New Hampshire. Um, the, the Assembly of the Sacred Wheel. You know, Evo and James and everyone behind those, you know, they, I think there's more than 13 covens down and, and down around the Delaware area now. And so, Selena and Chris and Evo don't have to tell me that they're badass witches. Their work speaks for itself. The students that they have and the reverence that they, that they ordain and the witches that they train, that tells me that they're a badass witch. You know, that tells me everything that I need to know is the body of work behind them, you know? Raven Garmasi has just been gone for two years and I tucked the cauldron of memory back on the shelf today and I just looked at this array of books. I'm gonna get a little bit emotional because I really, really loved him. This array of books that, and this body of work that he's left behind for us. And he was such a cool and like gentle person. And if any of these people that have put forth this this work and write these books and do what they do, they don't have to tell me about it because the proof is there. And I'm gonna recommend that people spend your time following people like that as opposed to following people that are uh, drama magnets because at the end of the day, you're gonna get more out of having read them and followed them and learned from them than you are from uh, someone who is the opposite. And that's the end of my speech. No, it's not. You got more. No, more. I'm going to yeah, stop here because I can start rattling and banging my fists on the table, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have another bite of this Entenmann's chocolate cake. Good deal. And let's listen to another song. Beats. Beats. Thank mm -hmm. you.